the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. <laughs> Welcome to hour two of tonight's Andrea K Show. Glad to have y'all here with me on this Taco Tuesday. And by the way, stay tuned because in a moment we're going to share with you a late breaking idea for a taco because it is Tuesday in time for news you can use. And what greater news that you can use besides an idea of an ingredient you can put in your taco. So before we get into that, though, I got to remind you guys that if you miss any part of tonight's show, download the podcast. Last hour, we had some really good information for you guys involving FBI Director Ray before Congress today. Also, uh, different uh, things having to do with crime and the Second Amendment. So definitely download the podcast and uh, if you want to catch up, email me at andreakshow.com, andreakshow.com. In fact, I have some emails to read out for y'all that I got yesterday, some in particular related to National Cookie Day. I will get to those later on in the show. But now, speaking of yummy food, I got to bring in the one and only, it is DJ Sesame Broccolini. I love me some Sesame Broccolini. This guy, fiery like a dragon, like a dungeon dragon, high heat, sesame, broccolini. I am really, really in the mood for a taco right now. I don't know. I know it's Taco Tuesday, so I'm supposed to be, but incidentally, I am, so. Well, could it be because uh, (laughs) Gary Quackenbush from GQ Law uh, our favorite estate planning attorney was actually munching <laughs> on some very apropos funeral potatoes during the break. And then we, I had the brainchild, which was you could put funeral potatoes in a taco. You guys doubted me at first, did you not? <laughs> you doubted me. The cheesy, smooth goodness of carefully baked potatoes with cheesy and gosh, all these little vegetables and in a carnitas taco. I mean, it would be absolute <laughs> genius. And I guarantee you, though, I'm going to be getting lots of emails because I got in so much trouble one time when I dared to say that a quesadilla with ham and cheese was a taco. <laughs> and <laughs> I think you could put anything in a taco shell and particularly some funeral potatoes. And that's not mm-hmm. that's not as, as uh, crazy as some of the wacky laws that, that Gary Quackenbush from GQ Law, who you listen to every day at Word on Wealth right here on the stage. Uh, so speaking of that, first of all, thank you for being back with us tonight, my dear. My pleasure. I always love this. Thank you. And we always love you. It's always super fun. You always make me laugh. So, and I love laughing at, you know, if we can't laugh at the United States right now, and particularly the laws on the books, <laughs> what could we laugh at? So uh, what do you got for us this week? I'm on the edge of my seat. I am taking you outside of the United States. Now we are going Ooh. international. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, good. Yeah. I'm so good. The AK show is so cool. We're, we're global babies. All right. Take us. This is global weird laws. Okay. And so okay. I got, I got two and I thought that was interesting. So we're not the only crazy people that put weird stuff on the book. So in, in, um, and, and I understand the way that they're trying to protect us and keep us um, morally clean and thinking in the right direction. On that, in Poland, it is illegal to wear a Winnie the Pooh t-shirt. <laughs> what? You cannot a wear Winnie a Winnie the, the Pooh, Pooh t-shirt. t-shirt? Uh-huh. Because Winnie the Pooh has no pants. He has a bare bottom, and that is bad in Poland. Winnie the Pooh with a bare bottom, that's just, it's not, you know, so there you go. <laughs> well, it's so. not, a bare bottom, I mean, I don't know. It looks kind of like a diaper to me. I mean, it's not like we're seeing, you know, crackage or any, you know, parts, anything going on. You get to see his um, tail, I mean, though. It is a oh, bare oh. bottom bear. Be- B E A R, Benumptish. Um, I don't even know what to think about this. I, I, well, you know what? I'm lying because let me tell you, there's certain jokes that are coming to mind. Uh, they used to be called Polak jokes, <laughs> and this is not one because this is just simply it's the. Uh, one of my oldest this is an example that not not only in the United States but in other areas of the world there are politicians that just go like we're not going to let this happen I do not want my child seeing someone parading around the streets of Poland with a bear with a bear bottom a bear bottom bear on a t-shirt that's wrong wow but the best the next one is even better because this okay, one I can't imagine me. any better than that you have topped yourself with no the, th- this with, one Okay, I'm going to say this one, and you tell me why. I mean, I think it's it's surprised me. In okay. Switzerland, it is illegal to hike naked. <laughs> <laughs> that one I can kind of understand, okay? Because if you look like, you know, Antonio Sapato Jr. back in the day, I don't know that anybody would have a problem. But if you look like, say, Borat on the beach in that bikini and you're in the woods, you might be scaring off some bears or creating all kinds of not scaring off bears. You might be like inciting bear attacks or something. Right. I mean, it's literally dangerous for some people to take their clothes off. Have you ever been to a to a quote clothing optional beach, Gary Quackenbush? No. Go to a clothing optional beach. We have one Black's Beach right here in La Jolla, and you will understand my point, okay? There's some people that should never be naked anywhere, even by themselves in the woods. Andrea, it doesn't even – it's not even naked. It's the thongs, okay? You're on regular clothing beaches, (laughs) and some people that have the butt – I can say that on the air, right? The floss suits, and I go – I'm oh, sorry, yeah. guy or gal. That's yeah. gross. Yeah, okay. terrible. Absolutely terrible. Yeah, it's you don't like even need black speech. To me. It's the right, right. Yeah, and you know what? And here's the thing: it's like <laughs> it, it doesn't even matter if you're in good shape. It's just nasty to me. It's nasty. It reminds me of the time I was at a restaurant in Orange County, and this waitress comes up, and she's got on bikini, like bikini bottoms and nothing else. And it's like I'm just – it's just gross. It's like I'm feeling like 
in a restaurant setting, stuff's hanging out and getting near my food. I mean, it's just, <laughs> ugh. <laughs> Maybe that's what it is in Switzerland. It's like they don't want you leaving parts of yourself along the trail. I, I don't know. Did you find any explanation as to the, to the legalities here? I just think there we found two countries that are anti bear bottom. Well, <laughs> and the thing is, is Switzerland they don't usually like to take a side. So why are they anti anything? I don't know, but there, there was actually right. A, Aren't a, they a supposed to be the ones? That- swi- yeah. Well, this is 2011. This is 2011. <gasps> the the this hiker was hiking bare bottom, and was fined a hundred dollars for his bare bottom adventure. Interesting. This is 2011. This is now. Like does 1800s. this also apply to women? Because maybe they're con- they're cool over there with the chicks roaming around without any drawers on. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. You know what? Sesame Broccolini is being suspiciously quiet on this whole subject. Sesame, is there anything you want to share with us on this, on uh, the bare bottom uh, stories here out of Poland and Switzerland? (laughs) Well, I think the Poland one's hilarious. I suppose they're they're both hilarious, but especially the Poland one, because I think of Winnie the Pooh as being so innocent and harmless. So it's interesting that they take it with offense. Uh, as if it's as if it's it's uh, explicit or something. But hey, look, I, well, do they do they think it's real? Do they think it's a real you know animal or something? Is that what they <laughs> is? I don't know. I mean, you know, well, there are, there are some children's shows that ban um, SpongeBob because SpongeBob he wears underwear, but it's a thong, and so they banned him because it's <laughs> obscene <laughs> pants. So Sponge I suppose maybe I have no pants on the back Bob. of the sponge would be okay. I watched SpongeBob with my nephew when he was little. I don't recall a thong, Gary. Are you just troubled by thongs? Are you just now like so you're so anti thong no. as as I am that you're imagining thongs? No, SpongeBob is that has a thong. He's, he has the, well, he's a, he has a square butt. I mean, because he's a sponge, and they, so he has his yeah his unders. Are so like, the corners yeah, are hanging out. Gotcha. Okay, it's a thong. Yeah, and you yeah, know what the I name of have... his snail is, right? No, SpongeBob snail. Sesame, come on, Sesame Broccolini. You know the name of the snail. The snail, uh, n- Gary, maybe no. Yes. Yeah, Gary. Yes. Okay. Uh-huh. Yes. The snail's named Gary. Yes. There we go. I know. Thank you. Okay, okay then. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I sat and watched it with my my nephew. That didn't mean I was actually paying attention to such details. So I'm glad you guys are here. Um, I, I, I have no explanation for the Winnie the Pooh story, except maybe there's, I don't know. I, I, it's I mean, the only thing you it know, reminds me of is the fact that it's illegal to compare Xi Jinping to Winnie the Pooh in China. I think Winnie the Pooh's actually been banned from China. Because too many people sarcastically said oh. that Winnie the Pooh looks a lot like Xi Jinping. So now maybe people, that's really what it is. Like there's and a they big diss in China about calling him Pooh Bear. So I, I don't know if if for, but for some reason. So there, there's at least that two countries be. now that have beef with Winnie the Pooh. I uh-huh. I think it's because it's considered soft porn. Really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't. You know, I I. I 
Uh, now I'm really thinking of my Polish friend and what he may say. Uh, he's probably listening tonight and coming up with all kinds of jokes about his Polak relatives that he's planning to tell around the holidays. So uh, you're welcome, by the way, if you are listening to my old friend out of New Orleans. All right. We got to get into some news you can use. So oh, yeah. speaking of the holidays, I hate to go negative, but I was talking to a friend of mine the other day. And I was like, oh, are you uh, heading to your home state for the holidays? And she goes, no, remember my dad died and now everybody's fighting. And I think I'm going to have to stay in NYC over the holidays by myself. That's sad. I don't even need to know the details. You and I both know what's going on, don't we, Gary? Yes, because the moderator, the, the, the moderator died. It just happens. And the people go crazy and the say I mean I I yeah I talk to people constantly about this and I I say I understand the one son was more responsible than the other and the one daughter was more responsible than the other and one is more attentive to than you know than the other but you just have to be careful no matter what you do if you said okay everybody's getting everything equal equally then one of them is going to get all the bad out of shape because he was the better son you know, if you say, well, we're going to give more money to the better son, the other one's going to say, oh, I always cheated. Well, at least I am a son and I took care. You know, it's just it it's never perfect. But if it's done, it makes a difference. And the biggest difference that I find between having nothing and having it go to probate, I mean, a lot of times the, the end result is similar. But when you go to probate, everything is so delayed and so yeah particular that it gets people just incensed because it's like, why is this taking so long? Why, how could it take a year and a half? Why are we two years into this thing and nothing has happened? And it gets, I mean, it's, it's just paralyzing what happens to people when you go to probate and then the kids hate each other and they'll never talk to other each other ever. Yeah. I don't really know. I didn't probe for details. I don't know if there was no plan at all and now they're all fighting over it or if there was a plan and one person is, or or multiple people are feeling, um, you know, mistreated or, or whatever the situation is. Um, it, it doesn't matter. Um, it, it, it to me, it, it wasn't done properly or at least communicated in a right way. Or there could still be situations. Gary, have you had situations where everything was done on the up and up and people are still fighting? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because, and I think part of it is, so it's like what happens is, uh, someone passed away, maybe you're in charge of the estate, and it just – everything takes longer than you think it should. And if – when you're in the thick of it, you know why it takes so long because everything just like there's a signature here. This has to go there. You have to deal with all these different people, and each piece of the puzzle, you have to somehow fit time into your life to do it. And the ones that are not involved in it can't imagine why it would take so long to get it done. And when you try to explain it to them, they're just like, oh, I'm not having it. Just let me do it. you know. And you right. can't. No, I can't. I am the successor trustee. I'm going to continue to take care of it. you know. And, and it just it just drags on. And I, I just think, I mean, the secret would be like before you die, have everything liquidated, converted to cash. And then after you die, just pass out checks at the funeral, I suppose. But I mean, well, people are just uh, going to fight about it. I just think you have to deal with it and realize well, it's just going to be hard. I suspect that in this case, he just recently died. So I suspect in this case, there was a lot of surprise somehow, mm-hmm. some way. And I think that is is to be avoided. Uh, there's, you know, you can't avoid all 
fighting and unhappiness, but you can mitigate a lot of it. In the case when my grandma died, she had already dispensed and uh, with it and given out and, and separated out her assets. And all that was left was her personal property inside the house. Hmm. And that got picked over like, you know, a carcass. And because that's how people do. And mama called me. I'd already said my goodbyes to grandma. She's like, if you want anything, what do you want out of the house? Because Uncle Buddy and Aunt Caroline were already there while grandma was still in the hospital. I'm like, I can't believe they're picking her bones. I, you know, shame on them. I just want her eyeglasses because grandma always read her Harlequin romances with little cat eyeglasses. Because the idea of fighting over furniture was just gross to me. But a death brings out the worst. And it, at least grandma had the sense to di- get, deal with the bulk of her assets um, before she passed. And then it was just about, you know, who was going to get the China, you know, and she didn't mm-hmm. have much. Uh, final thoughts, Gary Quackenbush. I think the more organized you are, the better. And I think if you're if you're definite about what you want to do or what you want to have, I just think it's better to kind of leave it more organized. The more organized, the better, because then there's less to fight over because it makes it clear. So it's it's really a matter of being organized and expecting it's going to be difficult. Everybody just has to have a little bit of thick skin and a little less like particularity about I want this. It's just like, let it go. Just let it go. Mm -hmm. Family is more important than stuff. Absolutely. And having somebody do things the right way is also huge. And that you yes. tell everybody how to get a hold of you. Um, go to my website, gqlaw.com, gqlaw.com. And if you get a lawyer in the middle, let it, everything is that lawyer's fault, not yours. And that way it's easier to kind of let the lawyer take the blame and not the family members. Don't Good do point. it yourself. Get a lawyer. Good point. gqlaw.com. gqlaw.com. And don't hike in Switzerland naked or you're going to pay a fine. Thank you, GQ. Appreciate you. Thank you, honey. You too. All right, we're going to take a break. We'll be right back. Don't go away. Andrea Kay, telling you like it is, while eating a donut, too. It's the Andrea Kay Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea Kay Show. Before the break, we were talking to Gary Quackenbush, GQ Law, with his uh, quack and the whack, wacky laws. This time we went international. That was super fun. And also he gave us some news you can use uh, in regards to taking care of your family. Um, But we're going to move on to some other stories. I found this one particularly interesting. Um, Sesame Broccolini, did you ever watch the TV show Frasier? Frasier? Yeah. Uh, Only briefly, though. I like Cheers a lot, but Frasier just... Didn't have the same feel for me. So not not yeah. as much as I, I did Cheers. I loved Frasier. I thought the character Frasier Crane was absolutely brilliant. Uh, the actress in, in who played his wife in Cheers, Lilith, um, they ended up in the spinoff for Frasier. They were divorced. But I just loved, I loved Daphne, the, the uh, in-home gal who take care of the cranky dad who was the retired police chief. I just, I loved everything about Frasier. Kelsey Grammer, not so much. I mean, he clearly, uh, you know, 
um, if you're not that familiar with his story, he he was a louse. He ran around on his wife's, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. including Camille Grammer. In fact, he got her the gig on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills because he knew he was going to dump her. So it was like, let me get her a gig <laughs> to occupy her because he knew that when he was in New York doing a Broadway play, he was bringing his girlfriend there and that was who he was going to end up marrying. Well, evidently when he did the movie, Jesus revolution, it changed his life. And did you see that movie? Sesame Broccolini? No, I didn't. Is it good? Oh my gosh. It was based on the true story of the Jesus revolution in Southern California back in the seventies. And he played, uh, yeah, he played the true, uh, the, Oh my gosh, I can't remember the name of the pastor uh, who started. It was absolutely great movie, very entertaining, very great. It did great at the box office. If you have a chance to see it, you absolutely need to see it. And um, and so he uh, has been open in recent interviews about his faith. And, um, And people were shocked to hear that. I was too. Because it just goes to show that the, you know, the Lord can soften any heart and reach anybody. And of course, we're all sinners and all fall short to the glory of God. Well, I hadn't, one of the things I had known about him, though, is that he had, was conservative in his politics, as well as some of the uh, cast members of, of Housewives of Beverly Hills. And you can imagine why, right? Because, you know, um, not all... Um, uh, elites and one percenters are dumb enough to be liberals, right? Some of them understand capitalism and how they made their money, right? And how good it is compared to communism. And Kelsey Grammer was one of them. So uh, he was actually doing an interview with the BBC. I guess there's going to be a reboot of um, Frasier. And I think, I'm not sure when it's coming back. Oh, in uh, next October... Oh, it was actually already brought back on Paramount in October. I don't, I don't get Paramount, so I didn't even know that there was a reboot that was uh, streaming right now on Paramount. Uh, so he's on this interview with the BBC, and evidently somehow it turned to politics, and they probably just assumed that since he's longtime, very successful Hollywood, uh, that he would um, that that he would support, uh, you know, liberal policies, right? So he asked this question. Uh, you mentioned Roseanne early on, who had a great comeback, but also was a Trump supporter. You were at least you were a Trump supporter. I'm fascinated to know if you still are. So, no, he didn't assume he hated Trump. He says, I am. And that's about all. Let that be the end of it. Well, well, Webb told listeners that Grammer was perfectly happy to elaborate on his support for former but the uh, President Trump at the Paramount PR people were less happy that he talked about it. So they had to cut the interview. So that's an interesting twist that I didn't know was a part of the story. So he evidently was willing. He didn't cut the interview short. The peeps at Paramount did. Um, I didn't know that the series was uh, rebooted on Paramount. And now I'm not going to watch because um, that ain't cool with me. And and it's really dumb on Paramount's part because after ABC got rid of Roseanne because of the tweet she did about Valerie Jarrett, what happened to that franchise that she started, that she created, and that reboot, it tanked. It hit the ground like a safe in a cartoon, right? So, um, for, you know, and, and also Sesame Broccolini, we were just talking about Jesus Revolution. I mean, conservative... Traditional movies that are entertaining do well at the box office. 
TV shows that are conservative, that are entertaining, do well, whether they're streaming or on network TV. Why can't they understand this? Well, I think they understand it. I think they just don't, they just don't like it. Um, I think they totally know full well. I, I don't know how else you would explain um, all of really the, the whole wokeism and woke integration into Hollywood because so many of these giant production companies are falling by the wayside. And the bigger yeah. they are, the harder they fall. Um, the last eight or nine Disney movies that have come out have all been net losses at the box office. They've hemorrhaged at least a billion dollars just on those films alone. And the actors and actresses, by the way, that they hire for their new Snow White or their new Woke, whatever, come out and routinely trash the plots of those films on social media. So I don't understand why exactly they're trying to muzzle this guy, but it, maybe maybe they don't understand what's going on. I think they do. They just don't like it. There is a conservative renaissance happening in this country, and there is a whole generation of filmmakers and writers and content creators who are pushing pro-America, pro-family, pro-faith, uh, like The Shift, like Angel Studios, the people that made Stand for Freedom, or Sound of Freedom, that also just made The Shift with another, uh, with Neil Mc McDonough or McDonoghue, the um, actor mm -hmm. who was actually blackballed and blacklisted in Hollywood because of his Christian faith. Um, he would not do sex scenes in any movies or yeah. TV show, and they ruined his career over it. And he's having a, a career comeback, so just like conservative messaging. So either they don't understand this, and that's just unexplainable but hilarious, or they do understand it, and they just don't like it. Um, well, it's ridiculous <laughs> because it's the business we call show. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's show business. It, it is a business. And for, all yep. that, and for all that they demonize corporate America and healthcare shouldn't be profit-based and <laughs> these evil corporations with their profits, these are all – all these production companies are incorporated. All these movie studios incorporated. They're corporations and they're in it to make a profit, which is why – and so are the actors, by the way. When we just had the Screen Actors Guild – and the and the um, and the strikes. What none of the A-list actors making ten mil and all the mills willing to share uh, their salaries with the day players, the under fives making a hundred bucks a day, right? Um, it's about profit, and they're destroying their own industry with this nonsense. Um, speaking of self destruction. Um, I've got to piggyback on one of the things that we loved so much about the um, the Newsom-DeSantis debate, which, by the way, didn't help DeSantis at all, and it was really, you know, fruitless. Um, but he had some good moments, and one of which was when he called out Gavin Newsom's in-laws, and he was like, oh, I met somebody the other day, and he was like, I had to leave California because of high taxes and rampant crime, and it was your in-laws. Well, I don't know what the story is, but Gavin Newsom's father-in-law, who is a staunch Republican, uh, has come out and, and supported DeSantis, has come out and said um, that uh, DeSantis is a, quote, lying slimeball, and that he, um, let's see what else he say, said here, um, he called him a lying slimeball for claiming he and his wife fled Colorado for a better life in Florida. Um but then isn't I mean everybody thought that that's why he moved there. Um, they actually left California in the mid 2010s, so long before COVID and long before Newsom was governor. So um, not really not really good when one of your big applause lines 
um, is fact-checked by the person you quoted in the debate. Although at this point, I'm probably the only person who's really even reporting on it. So I don't know that it's going to hurt him anymore. Um, he says, saying we moved from California to Florida for his narrative was a downright slimy lie, which he knew. Um, wow. He says... DeSantis knew that we were Montana residents, and he said that I said Florida has better budgeting and less crime. I have no clue on the state's budgeting. I have no clue about the crime rate. So, ouch. Um, Look, for all the DeSantis supporters saying Trump can't win in the general and DeSantis can, tell me how he can. This man has run an absolutely horrendous campaign. How is he going to suddenly be so much better? Why would his campaigning skills suddenly be so much better in the general than it is in the primary? Voters are voters. And if you are an uncharismatic slimeball who can't keep his story straight, um, you can't exactly win over in the general election, at least not without any charisma. So there's that. All right, we're going to take a break. We come back. Uh, there was another hearing today that involved uh, girls in uh, transgenderism, and we're going to talk about that when we come back. Andrea K. Bringing the world a much-needed reality check. You're listening to The Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K Show. The war of women is real. Whether we're talking about uh, so many different aspects. You know, we last night we reported on uh, Congresswoman Jaya Pal, who refused to condemn the Hamas, a brutal, disgusting. Do you guys know that when Hamas attacked the women on October 7th, it wasn't just rape. They also, and it wasn't just even the the gruesome, um, evil cutting open of pregnant women and cutting the babies out. They actually shot women in their genitals. Just absolutely horrific. And yesterday, Representative Jayapal, you know, basically said that it was no worse than what Israel's war crimes are and the White House wouldn't condemn it. Um, You know, we've it it just um, the crimes against women in the form of uh, the Biden administration and the human and sex trafficking and trafficking of women and sex slavery into this country and beyond. But another part of the aspect of the war on women involves the transgender movement. And there was a hearing on that today that included, of course, um, the legend as a young woman. She's now an icon. Uh, the NCAA legend, Riley Gaines, who actually um, has decided that instead of just being a shrinking violet and doing like so many women are doing and just going ahead and allowing their records and their sports and their uh, life's blood being stolen from them, she's decided to speak up against it. And she was one of the key people speaking today. And of course, one of the squad uh, made had an opening statement um, in which uh, this squad member Democrat uh, Lee uh, Summer Lee from Pennsylvania, who is a ranking member of the House Oversight Committee on Health, actually accused Riley Gaines in her opening statement of being transphobic because she was against biological males playing in a women's sports. So here's what Riley Gaines had to say in response, Sesame Broccolini. And ranking member Lee, if my testi- testimony makes me transphobic, then I believe your opening monologue makes you a misogynist. Thank you. Boom. 
This entire movement is misogynistic. It's anti-woman. To tell a woman that she's a hater because she doesn't want a biological male to compete with her, which was what the entire, what Title IX was all about. The whole reason why we have separate categories for women and men is because of the obvious biological differences. And for, and for a young woman to not have her, her uh, you know, sports, her athletic career to be destroyed by a man, that she's the problem? There's nothing more misogynistic than what's going on here. And by the very feminist who claim to care, these Democrats who claim to care about women, they don't care about you. Let me tell you, if there's, it, they would not denounce the rapes against women in Israel. You don't think that they wouldn't ju- begin to justify here the rapes of American women from these terrorists coming in across our southern border, just like they did in a courtroom in Germany? You dang right they will. Here's the uh, National Women's Law Center president. She had to weigh in today and uh, had, a, had a lecture to give to young women. And success in school sports depends on a whole range of factors, including how hard you work and coaching and access to really good resources and facilities. And trans students participate in sports for the same reason as their kids, because it is fun, because it creates belonging and community, because it teaches so much about persistence and leadership and, and discipline, unless they learn to lose gracefully, hopefully, and often they learn to win with dignity, hopefully. Um, They learn to do the sort of work that means you have higher grades and stay connected to school. I want every kid to have that chance, to have the chance to play. The next time some, you hear some Democrats say the Republicans want to turn the tide back on women, you remember what she just said. Young lady, you need to lose gracefully to the man. I thought the I thought it was the feminist movement that didn't like that kind of thing happening in the workplace, right? Supposedly, we had to have women uh, come in and and get into the work working world because why were so many lawyers men? Why were so many doctors men? We need women in, uh, to be represented, and now we're telling women to go to the back of the bus. That women. That 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 women have to subjugate themselves to men. That's the message to women today. You tell me how what she said today is any different than uh, the, what the, is being done to subjugate women in Sharia. It's not. It is no different. Sesame Broccolini, your thoughts? Well, it just seems like a lot of foolishness. This woman sounds delusional, if you ask me. Um, And it all just seems so incredibly um, nonsensical to me and just just so asinine, I guess, because the the way I see it, it's it's. There's men, there's women, we're different, we're created differently, we have different you know, uh, purposes and strengths and weaknesses, and everything that we do reflects that, and we have different leagues for a reason, and this whole trans issue is, is 
opening the door to this whole relativism morally and culturally and even when it comes to how we interpret reality. This idea that a man can just become a woman totally cheapens womanhood, to your point, natural, beautiful womanhood. Um, and it's just such a weird... It's so it's so fascinating, I guess, to me to see progressives marginalize women in the name of making room for grown men who just pretend to be women. So I, I don't know what it's like to be sidelined by the same people that three decades ago were allegedly empowering women, but that's what's going on. The left eats itself. Um, that's what you have two different groups. Two different identity groups, generally women and generally the, the trans community. And it's not to make light of this issue at all because women are being trampled all over in this country. There's there's almost no more place for women when you think about it in the sense that any man walking around, any Tom, Dick, or Harry can throw on makeup, start identifying as a woman, start taking experimental medications, changes pronouns, and all of a sudden society just embraces that person as a woman. Um, and it's like, what, what kind of message are we sending to the world when we entertain these kind of delusions, because that's what you're asking me to do is to is to entertain this this strange fantasy, which I think is disturbing and perverted in many ways. But the point is, the very same people that three decades ago were saying we care about women, we want the best for women, we want to unleash them and liberate them from sources and systems of oppression are now sitting here oppressing real women like Riley Gaines for having the 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 tenacity and the, and the temerity to stand up for what is right and and that's really what's what's so interesting to me is to watch people so many people not stand up how is riley Gaines? i mean I, I i thank her for what she's doing i just wonder why there aren't more women that are standing up to your point about yeah so many women just sort of letting this happen it's like f fight for for what is right what's what's going on here what what explains the silence it's a good point. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to come down women on anyone, but it's just a genuine question. Like, I, yeah, it, and it's a great question. Uh, women are just allowing themselves to be completely subjugated in this country under the guise of, you know, inclusion. Uh, where's the inclusion? Women are being eradicated. Eradicated. I saw a video tonight of some uh, on uh, some... A uh, dude having a meltdown because he's in a pizza parlor in New York and he's asking the guy, um, you know, what, what, what do I look like? What are my pronouns? And, and then when the guy <laughs> says you're a dude, he literally has a meltdown. <laughs> I have long hair and this and that. It doesn't matter. I don't care if you've gotten Botox. I don't care if you've had your Adam's apple shaved down. I don't care if you've gotten breast implants or what you've gotten cut off. It doesn't change anything. You're, ne you're never going to be a woman. You can live your life as a woman and pretend you're a woman. It, you are never going to be a woman. And we have biological males, and that's primarily what it is. Now, they've worked really hard to recruit young girls through the schools into this. Um, but but it's, it's a lot easier for them to pull this off, and they get more out of this movement by transitioning men. Um, because women can't get pregnant on their own, right? So the, the best plan for them to destroy womanhood and destroy the fabric of a nation is something they've been working on uh, since before churning out women to be feminist. And that is uh, to remove uh, strong men from society. And, uh, you know, this and, and this is absolutely uh, I wouldn't call it a depopulation movement necessarily, but it kind of is. It is really in a sense.
Am I wrong, Sesame Broccolini? You, well, you not said last all. night not it's, at all. it's about humanism versus extinctionism. Yes. This is what's going on. All right, we're going to take a break. Final segment of tonight's Andrea K. Show coming up. Don't go anywhere. AK, dynamite in a dress, or just Andrea K. Whatever you call her, she's on the answer, San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. I'm going to read a couple of emails. Um, here's one that, from Mary. She says, Hi there. Not sure if you've heard about the controversy in Oceanside where the city council will be putting forth a flag neutral policy uh, due to my request for them to fly the sanctity of human life flag. Um, hoping you might want to discuss, promote the issue. Uh, yes, Mary, I do. We'll reach out to you. Thank you for the email. Definitely want to wrap about that. Um, let's see. Frankie wanted to know if I had another AK show happening this morning because I was up super early. Um, thank you for reaching out for me as always. Oh, he said, it definitely feels like Christmas now that we're at 41 degrees. Uh, all you need, uh, need now is a good old breakfast burrito or perhaps a taco. Excellent point, Frankie. Um, let's see what else. Sean says, AK, hey, maybe try Hotel Dell. Oh, this must be because last night I was saying I needed to feel more like Christmas spirit. He says, I think it's all decked out with Christmas beauty, not to mention the ice skating rink set up there. Get your skate groove on. Also, if you want a free light display, I always take my daughter to Candy Cane Lane um pq oh that must be rancher penisquitos and rb has a couple of streets uh every house decked with lights totally beautiful bring your cocoa mug i just might have to do that i've done some of those by the way they are really really good um penisquitos has some rb poway there's some really really beautiful uh candy cane lanes online you can read all about them well i'm gonna have to check it out and do that this weekend that just sounds absolutely amazing it is um yeah so let's see some other emails where were they earlier i can't find them they'll actually like do up the sidewalks with lights too and you can walk through it and they do like different Mm -hmm. light stuff and it's people just for miles around will come and walk around with their kids and every house is just it's the graphics it's the decorations stuff they're projecting it's they take a lot of pride in it, some of these neighborhoods, and it's really, really beautiful it. stuff. So, And it goes on for a while, so you have some time to see it a couple of times if you want. Yeah, you know, I just miss that. You know, it's it'll never be in this country. They've chipped away at it that it'll never be mm-hmm. like it was in the 70s and 80s where <laughs> pretty much every neighborhood, every neighborhood houses, every house was decorated, not to the same degree, but everybody had some Christmas decorations up. Here's another email. Lori says, I've just seen an article about Biden wanting to open up our federal parks to house illegals. My computer messed up and I lost the article to show you, but thought it would be something for you to look into. This would be a disaster if it happened. Absolutely. Lori, I'm going to look into that. Thank you for that. Um, My girl Sandy responded to the National Cookie Day. Um, uh, let's see what, oh, where did it go? Where did it go? I'm wondering if she's German chocolate cookies. Ooh, I have never had German chocolate cookies. I love German chocolate cake. And she also said white chocolate cookies. These look absolutely 
amazing. Sandy, you're just going to have to start sending me some cookies if you're going to keep sending me these pics. Jimmy says, this week we came through Dothan, Alabama. My dad was born. Daddy was born in Dothan, by the way. Uh, No Christmas stand. Um, Went up to North Alabama. Nobody's put up trees or our town. Any Christmas decorations. Uh, No semi-loaded with trees. Montgomery, Alabama. Not No decorations or Troy or Oxford, Alabama. Everyone buying plastic trees. Oh, that makes me sad. Uh, but thank you guys for all the emails. Appreciate it. Keep those rolling. Um, email me topic suggestions, uh, rants, anything you want to share with me, recipe ideas, um, gift, gift ideas. I could really use some gift ideas. I've got I've got family members from seven years old up to 80s that I got to be buying for. And I always love good gift ideas. So keep those rolling. And tomorrow is hump day. We will be back. One of the things we're going to be talking about was there was a hearing today on the rise of anti-Semitism in college campuses. We're going to bring you some sound bites from that. Um, Sesame Broccolini, thank you for helping me put on a great show as always. Don't forget to download our podcast wherever you get the pods. And we will be right back here tomorrow night, 6 p.m. Pacific time. Our 24-hour hotline is 844-814-5227. Thank you, Sesame Broccolini. Thank you all. See you tomorrow night. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.